Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. During our series, Built to Last, we're taking a deeper look into some of the foundational principles that can help us make lasting changes in our lives. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome you to our new series that is kicking off. If you're just joining us, this is a great time to jump in. This new series is entitled Built to Last. And so we're going to be talking about how to build our lives, how to focus on the things that really matter so that they will last throughout our lifetime and then also be transferable to those people that we care about the most. I wanna welcome those watching by video at 12.30 as well as those watching online. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the New Testament, to the book of Matthew, right there in the first of the New Testament, Matthew 7. 24 is where we're going to go to kick off this series. Some of you are like, what are we talking about here? Construction? Are we going to do a home makeover series? Like, what is this built to last? What are we talking about? Well, uh, first of all, building is a metaphor throughout the Bible. God is the great architect. We see passages where it talks about, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And now we're going to go also to where Jesus uses the building metaphor as something that we need to think about in how we're living our lives. But we all start out thinking about building things with Legos and Lincoln Logs, and we kind of start thinking about this concept uh, throughout our lives. But yet, when it comes to building our spiritual lives, here's what I found. As I prayed for you about this series, here's what I find, that for a lot of people in the area of life that really matters... We a lot of times don't know how to build. We, we haven't given any intentional uh, training or steps or it's kind of like we get a little overwhelmed by the Bible. It's like, man, that's a big book. There's a lot of books in it. There's stories in it. Man, I kind of know it's important, but how do I tackle it? Can you break it down for me, preacher? Can you tell me? Can you give me kind of the cliff notes? This series, we're going to look at some things God prioritizes and we're going to help you be able to. A lot of you just now coming to faith in Christ, some of you still investigating your relationship with Jesus. Here, here, take it from me. I want you to know this, that your spiritual life, what you believe about God affects many areas of your life. It'll affect your marriage. It affects your kids. It affects so many areas of your life. And so we want to talk about that spiritual foundation, that belief system what you're really trusting in and what you're really building on. I want to start this first week by talking to us about why it's important and inspire you toward the series, get you thinking a little bit, because we live in a world today that really believes when it comes to our spiritual lives and our core convictions and belief systems that you can just kind of do whatever and you'll end up with good results. I meet people all the time. I'm like, they're getting married. I'm like, what are you building that on? What are you folk? I mean, anybody helping you with that? It's like, well, I just, I just feel, you know, I feel like we're in love. I've been married longer than two weeks. Y'all know what I'm saying? I mean, you better get a little more help than that. The feelings are, you know, great, but look, we better have something more solid than that. Like, what are you building your life on? And there's this narrative in our world today that if I feel like it's okay and you feel like it's okay and kind of we're not really hurting anybody, then it's like all going to be fine and we'll all end up with great results if we have like good intentions. 
And we just kind of have this idea, well, it's all going to end up fine. You know, my marriage will be fine. My kids will be fine. I'll be fine. Eternity's going to be fine. It's all just going to be fine. And that comes from a philosophical viewpoint of postmodernism in our world today that if you feel like it's right, that makes it right. If you feel like it'll work, then that'll make sure that it actually works, which we all know is not the case. In fact, I think about the Wexner Center at Ohio State was one of the first, if not the first, postmodern building in the United States. And it made a statement, you know, we like a personal expression in our building to have it reflect us. And so to reflect this postmodern philosophical idea, then they put all these things in here to kind of make that statement that, you know, you can have, and, and in this building, there are stairs that lead to nowhere. There are hallways that are just there for just to be a hallway. They're not passageways to something else. There are pillars that support nothing. And there was a person who was speaking to the student body who is a person who is, is, is it's an, he's an apologist. You go, what does that mean? Is he apologizing? No, apologist means a defender of the faith. And so he's training people on their worldview, the way they view the world. And there were these, all these students that were celebrating this and someone in the crowd stood up and said, look, this is a great statement that you, know, you can have halls that lead to nowhere, you can have stairs that lead to nowhere, you can have pillars that support nothing, isn't this awesome? This picture of, hey, just kinda do what you want and it's all fine. And this genius person who was talking to them about their biblical foundations, their worldview of Jesus said, I guarantee you they may have, may have been very random with how they put those things together, but I promise you when it comes to the foundation, it wasn't random. When it comes to the foundation of the building, great for all your personal expression on all this other stuff, but if you do the foundation in such a way that you don't have basic principles that work, the whole thing may look pretty today, but it's falling down tomorrow. And so it is that it's very important when we think about built to last is you have to ask yourself the question, what am I building on? What can I trust? What's right? What will actually produce the results that I'm looking for? And I want you to understand, it's important to think about that now, whether you're a young person or wherever you're at, it's important to think about it. I had this thought as we turned the page to a new decade, not just a new year. I had this thought, I've been sharing it with everybody, like just add 10 to your age right now. People had a panic attack in the back. I mean, you're old, but we just hope you're here in 10 years. But anyway, no. You're like, whoa, man, oh, 10 years to my age. Well, wow. Well, I know you've been making some goals, I'm sure, and you're making some plans, and it's the new year, and it's a new decade. Well, here's what I found. We overestimate what we can accomplish in a year, but we radically underestimate what could happen in 10. We radically underestimate all the things that can happen. Challenges, yes, Jesus is gonna address that, but also all the things that can happen. So look, this is very important that we're thinking about the foundation of the next 10, 20, 30, even beyond our lifetime, what are we building on? Now, I love to talk about building people. My life vision is for your faith to work. 
that you don't just listen to what I say, but your faith actually works. And so this is gonna be like group discipleship over the next several weeks where we're just helping you make sure that what you're building on and how you're building and you understand the principles and you know what to prioritize. But in the natural, I'm a great people builder, an environment builder, but I'm not real good of like a practical fixer upper builder, okay? I don't have that skill. In fact, my wife is always buying these things, like for Christmas, my daughter, she was gonna get a piece of furniture for her bedroom. My wife said, Jeff, let's get this for Lauren Elizabeth for her bedroom, you know, and I'm thinking the furniture will come already assembled. (laughs) All I need to do is find some friends so I can take it up to her room and put it there, finished. It came in a cardboard box. The devil for all dads. You know what I'm talking about? The devil, a cardboard box. So she's like, you're the man of the house. Let's put this together. I have to find my tools. I don't have tools and I always lose them because if you have tools, you have to fix stuff, right? So you just, it's just a, it's a little pro tip. Don't have any tools, guys, and then you don't have to fix anything, right? And, uh, and so I'm like, man, I'm gonna tackle it. You pull out the instructions. You're like, there's all these instructions. It's like, can't you just give a brother a little bit of help? You know, like, can it be partially put together? No, it's not, okay? And it ends up as a mess. There's leftover screws. And then I just call my father-in-law because he has tools and he knows how to fix stuff and come help the preacher. Y'all know what I'm saying, all right? So, so in the practical You may not be that good. You may not even understand. You may even say, well, I'm not a real linear thinker, Pastor Jeff. Look, I promise you in this series, you can get this. You can get it. Jesus makes it real simple. In fact, we go to Matthew chapter seven. You say, well, this built to last series, is that like biblical? Are we supposed to be talking about how we build? Jesus, his most famous sermon he's been preaching, okay? So we're just gonna let Jesus preach to us today. Jesus has preached this long sermon. There's a crowd of people. He's talked about all kinds of stuff that pertain to everyday life. He's talked about material possessions. He's talked about uh, asking him and seeking and knocking. And he's talked, talked about what we're gonna talk about the second week of the series when we talk about the word of God. He's talked about something big in our culture. The worst thing you could say to somebody in our culture today is, you're judging me. You're judging me, right? So then that makes people take the position that, okay, now again, Jesus is clear. We're not to have that perspective toward people and we're supposed to start with ourselves and we'll get into it. But that then builds a narrative that there's no way to judge what's right or wrong as well. So Jesus, we're gonna talk about that. That's in a few weeks. We can't get into that today. Jesus gives this great message and then he gives this story and this metaphor as a conclusion because Jesus is a great preacher. He knows they remember what you tell them last, okay? So Jesus gives this great story, and I tell you, it doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God, doesn't matter how long you've been walking with God, or if you're just investigating a walk with God, Jesus gives a great story that makes us all think. He says this, after my message, all this principle stuff, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine, so they hear these words of mine, and puts them into practice. So it's not just downloading the podcast. It's not just attending the service and listening to what Jesus is saying. He's saying you hear it, but then it transforms you, it changes you so much that you do something about it. You put it into practice. 
he said this is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew. Anybody live in real life? Come on now, why do we have all those prayer requests on the back wall? Look what it says. The rain comes down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. It did not fall because, why did it not fall? It had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man, the foolish person who's not wise, who has built his house on the sand. And the rain came down. Notice the rain's coming to both houses. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell, look at the language, with a great crash. See, here's what we, don't, we underestimate sometimes. When your house crashes, the fallout is always great because it even impacts the people you care about and love. So it, it's not just the collateral damage of what happened to your house, it's that all of your crash crashes over on these people that you care about. So it's a great crash. It says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught, I love this phrase about Jesus, he taught as one who had authority. Where, where did his authority come from? Well, because he's speaking the truth. He's not just giving superlatives and subjective ideas and just sort of like floaty around subjective things. He's speaking the truth. He's speaking of himself, because he's the rock. He's the foundation that he's speaking of, and he compares that to, look what it says, not as their teachers of the law, they were just giving information, they were just painting the outside of the house, but they weren't dealing with the substance of what really matters. So in this series, here's what we're gonna do. We're all gonna look at our foundation, we're gonna look at what we're building on, we're gonna look at what we're building with, and what we're trying to do is get from hearing it to doing it. How do we get from I heard what you said to then I do it? How does that look? What happens? Because that's the theme and thesis of Jesus' little story. There are those who hear it and those that do it. There are those that hear it and don't put it into practice and their houses fall. So we wanna have something that outlasts us, that we can pass on to the next generation. We wanna have a faith that works. We want a faith that when the winds come and the storms come, that it stands. How do we do it? Well, first you have to hear it. You have to hear it. So I understand some of you, you've not heard what the Bible teaches. So, so it's like, that's why you wanna be. I mean, if you're watching online or you're here, wherever you're at, look, you wanna go to an environment where the word of God is preached. You wanna be around the word, because that's all you can trust in. It's eternal. It does not return void. It's a seed that goes into your heart that can bear 30, 60, 100 fold. So, and, and Jesus said it this way too, there are people who have ears to hear, but they still don't hear. They, they don't hear it. So first of all, you've gotta hear it. You gotta go, okay, wait, I'm getting it. Okay, whoa, man, boom. All right, I got you. Anybody in here understand? Revelation, it's like, whoa, now, okay, I see it. You have to hear it. But then you have to get honest, and this is the painful part. You have to get honest. 
for many, many years now. I started at 21 years old as a pastor. My wife and I were reminiscing this week. She took one of our friends by the first church that I pastored, and we were just reminiscing, looking back. Life goes by so fast, doesn't it? And we were just thinking back, and I was thinking about you, and I was thinking about this series, and what I, what I, what I started thinking about is pastors, a lot of times, we deal with the crash. See, see, it's kind of like, man, you know, that preacher over there, he's just preaching, he's just, you know, just, just yelling and preaching and just panting around and preaching the Bible. It's just like kind of leave that. We'll take a little bit of that a lot of times. We'll just kind of, hey, whatever. I mean, we might get the preacher to show up for the wedding, give him a little chicken dinner or something, you know what I'm saying? Let him come marry us, kind of, you know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll let him show up for the funeral, but, but like, look, don't, don't get in our business, preacher. Like, we're good. We're kind of, we're kind of doing our own thing. And then the crash. Help! Help! I gotta call the church. Where's the pastor? Somebody, somebody that knows about Jesus, somebody knows about God, help me. The house is burning, the house is falling down, the house is flooded, the house is crashing. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard this as a pastor. The whole thing fell apart, preacher. The whole thing fell apart. I don't know what happened. Oh, I know what happened. You were building on the sand. That's what happened. You built on the sand. Now, I, don't, I can't say that. I got to look preacherly, you know. Yes, yes, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> praise God. Let's ponder this together. No, you built on the sand. You built on the sand. You built that marriage on feelings and what the world says and some psychologist that's been married six times. <laughs> that's what you built on. And it fell apart because God's word works. And so I don't know what happened. And it's hard to get honest. It's hard to say, you know what? We're not building right here. We need to adjust. We need to change that. We got to dig back. Okay, wait a minute. Mom and dad didn't really build right. That's hard. You're like, I don't want to disrespect mom and dad, but you know what? Their house is falling down. That's hard to say. But at some point, you have to get honest. And then you have to say, I want to learn how. Can you tell me how to build right? Because the Word of God will help you build right. So we're going to go to this Bible right here. And we're going to look at it over the next few weeks. And I warn you, this thing's like an equal opportunity offender. It, it'll just mess with you, man. It'll just get up in your world. And it'll just be like, man, that's not what my uncle said. And that's not what so-and-so's blog said. And that's not what they say on Facebook. But man, like, wow, that's the word. Boom, boom. But the good news is, is we can all learn how. So I'm going to ask you and encourage you with this. This is just a good practice if you want to get more from the Bible. Is if you're a teachable person, you receive more from the Bible. Teachable people just receive more. So if we have a teachable posture, okay, Lord, I don't want to build wrong. Teach me how. And then the next thing we have to do is we have to dig down deep. And that's kind of painful too because now we got to kind of uncover some of our thoughts and processes and dig down in there and find out what we've been building on and where those lies are. You know, how do we end up building on the sand for many years in the house falling? We have a propensity to deceive ourselves. We have the ability to justify in our minds that like it's all fine when we're actually contradicting biblical patterns and God who's the architect who designed it all. We have the ability to do that. So we have to dig beyond some of our emotions and our fears and, and dig, down, dig down deep. Because if we dig down deep, we can get down and we can start building 
a foundation. See, I, some of you are like, Pastor, you like these building things? I do. I like, I like it. Remember, I, I have no tools. I'm not a good practical builder, but I grew up in a home where my dad was an engineer, and then he had an artistic side, and he had drafting. I grew up with a drafting table at my house, so I had one of these when I was little. I loved his electric racer, so I'd get up there, and all this, and so I grew up around drawings and designs, and so I have a drafting table outside my office now because we've done a lot of building around here at Milestone, and so here, here's what I've learned about the drawings. Like, like it's not about subjective feelings. You build what's on the paper. So whatever's designed there, then that's what gets built. And you can have like all these fluffy ideas, but if it's not on the paper, then it doesn't get built. And so you start thinking about foundations. I think about when we built this building that you're sitting in right here at the Keller campus. Well, we all feel safe in here. And you know, some of you thought, man, I'm gonna show up to church and the roof would fall in. Look, we, we helped out with that. We knew we'd have sinners in here. Come on now, we, we built it strong. We, put extra girders and stuff, but, but really why we all feel safe is that we've put a lot of energy and time in our builders and the construction team, they put a lot of time into the foundation and it frustrated me. It took months and months before we ever built anything. So we're doing all these different things and designs and stuff. And, you know, I mean, for our church here, you guys are awesome. I kept saying, hey, it's important what we're doing. Like, keep giving. We're going to build. It's like forever, forever. And then when you finally get to the construction phase and they clear off the pad site, it still took forever because they were working on the soil. I remember coming out here and they're injecting water in the soil and making sure because there's a lot of clay. So they're preparing the soil in weeks. It's like, man, and they got people out there testing it and measuring it and they're just working on the soil. Why? Because all of that's going to shape the future. And if it's going to last, we got to think about the foundation. And then I'll never forget the day when they said, hey, we're pouring concrete. Man, we were texting each other. Let's get some cameras and stuff. And we all went out there. It's like, man. And then you look at that foundation, you're like, is it big enough? You know, is it going to be able to, look at that little thing, man. Can it hold all this, you know? And you know what I'm saying? And, and, and yet, it's so, so important, the foundation. Early days of Milestone, the foundation. You say, Pastor, what were you doing? Well, I, I, yeah, I was preaching messages and stuff, but I would have small groups of people. Sometimes I'd have one, two, three groups. And you go, what did you do in those groups? Foundations. Foundations. We'd start going through foundations. We weren't going to study some superfluous thing. And I'd get people in a group at Starbucks or here or there, and we get together, and we start with Jesus. We start talking about Jesus. I can't tell you how many people got saved in the early days that had been sitting in church forever. They're like, wow, man, come on here. We start talking about Jesus. Why? Because building on Jesus is the only thing that lasts. So we start talking about who is Jesus to you, and what do you relationship do you have with Jesus, and are you under the lordship of Jesus, and you know me, I just take, you know, I know some of y'all are note takers and when you do things, you're kind of sequential. You know me, I just kind of pause until you get what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? So we might sometimes spend 10 weeks just talking about Jesus. Because I know this, after that small group's over, if they know who Jesus is, they have a foundation to receive everything else they need to continue this journey. But if you have a false view of Jesus, then you're going to have a lot of cracks in your foundation along the way because he is the foundation. So you say, okay, I got you, all right? We gotta have a good foundation, we gotta build the last. What do we need to know about building? Number one, here's one thing you need to know from Jesus' story, and that is this, we're all building something. We're all building something. 
Some of you say, well, I don't know about that Jesus thing, and I don't know what I'm going to do there with that. Okay, well, you need to investigate because we're all building something. You're building your life on a set of presuppositions and truths. All I'm saying is make sure that they will last because we're all building something. Along the way in your life, you're gonna make decisions, you're gonna make choices. As I said throughout this series, we're gonna be talking about your spiritual foundation, but make no mistake, it affects everything you care about. It'll affect your marriage. So if you just think, oh, there's these principles over here and we'll just kind of take whatever. No, 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 no. God's the one who ordained it. He knows how to design it. He knows how to build it. He knows how to deal with kids. He gives us instructions on those things. He knows about our careers. He knows about our work. But he come, we have to come back and go, okay, what am I building on? All right? When Caleb was small, my son, three daughters and a son, he's off at college. We, he loved when I'd come home. I always tried to have some time with my kids before bedtime those of you young parents, it's a good practice. That's when they're most open. And so have a little time, play, or something like that. And when he was little, he had a rug that had a city on it. And he loved to play, you know, city and play cars and stuff. And so it worked out good because I was leading all these small groups and trying to preach and start a church and work on a master's degree. I don't recommend it. I was doing all of it. What I loved about that format of spending time together is he really liked it and I could like half play and sort of rest. Y'all know what I'm saying? I'd lay down and be like, pray, any, come on parents of young kids. You'd be like, this is, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah. Kind of half rest, half play. And of course he was my only boy, so he had that kind of boy vigor. So what he loved to do is see who could build the biggest building in town. We had a certain amount of stuff, and then you had to do that, so we'd build the biggest building, and of course, you guys know what happens. You build the biggest building, and then you take cars, and you smash it. That's what you do. You destroy your toys. Pow! You know, but anyway. But, 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 but older dad and young grasshopper, don't fight your dad. He'll pull a pocket knife. You know what I'm saying? I mean, don't, don't, don't go against him. He knows stuff, right? So young grasshopper would start building his building like this and try to get taller than dad. Dad started building his base. Dad started using all his stuff to build his base because young grasshopper would build his building up here and it'd get up here and then that thing would start and fall over. Dad start building his base. Did you know what? We live in a generation today, it's easy to get hyped up about a message. God's gonna do something, you have a destiny. There's a dream for you and God has a dream for you. And God has a destiny for you. And you, you should have an optimistic outlook on your marriage and your kids and your career and your life because God is a good God. Now, the wind's gonna come. It's gonna come. The rains are gonna come. You should have that. But the majority of what is said to people today is God has something big for you. Well, here's what I've learned in my life. The bigger the dream, the bigger the devil's. The bigger the dream, the bigger the challenges. So I do believe God has something big for you, which is why you better build a sturdy, time-tested, eternal foundation so it'll last. You have to build on something that will last. Number two, what we're building will be tested. It's all gonna get tested, okay? If you take some pop person's philosophy on raising kids and you don't do it the Bible way, it'll get tested. It's coming. The wind's coming to your kids. 
If you build your marriage on some philosophical idea, you build your life, you build your spirituality on just some idea, because today everybody has opinion. You build it that way, just I'm telling you, dig down deep and get honest here. Am I building it on the word? Because it's gonna be tested. It's gonna be tested. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation, Paul says, as a wise builder. Someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one, notice he says build with care. We should be intentional about this. No one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, notice some material that can stand the fire, but then there's others, let's just try to get it fast. Fast won't last. I'm just gonna throw it together. Wood, hay, straw. Their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If you have a friend who's not building according to God's pattern, he's not submitted to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, building on that foundation, you care about them. Why? Because right now you're telling them, but time will tell. That's the painful part. If you have someone you love, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's gonna play out down the road. What you're building will be tested, okay? So in this series, we're gonna be, not can I just search Google for the answer, I want you to know the answer. I want you not just to know how to find the answer, but I want you to know the answer in such a way that you have a relationship with Jesus and his word so that it works in your life. And and when I grew up, you couldn't just Google the answers to your homework. And you couldn't tell the math teacher, I got the answer, because your math teacher would be like, show me your work. I wanna have two pages of that math problem all worked out, and then you come to the answer. It wasn't enough just to get the answer. You have to show your work about how you got to the answer. And so when it comes to building your life, you need to know the why behind the what. Like, why am I building this way? Because God's really smart, and his way works. That's why. You need to know the why behind the what because it's all gonna be tested. And here's the good news. We can learn how God builds. Some of you are like, man, I'm investigating my foundation. I see this falling off my house and that's broke a little bit and I'm not real pleased with that. And Here's the good news. No matter where you're at, you can learn. You can learn how to build God's way. God's ready at any moment when you wanna say, I wanna do it your way. At any moment you're ready to say yes to him, he's ready to show you how. Now I will tell you, Why are we so big on the next generation here at Milestone? One, we didn't want to invest our life in something that can't outlive us. We don't want to sow our blood, sweat, and tears into something that can't last. So we started early on saying we're going to start imparting and handing off authority and believing in the next generation. But I'll tell you another reason. It's strategic. It's a whole lot easier to do new construction than remodel. Whole lot easier. Now, I know some of y'all are into all that remodel stuff and you have issues, honestly. I don't know what your problem is. I mean, personally, I've remodeled my house. I have also built a new house, both of which will test your marriage by fire. But I'm just telling you, they start tearing my house up. I'm like, can y'all get out? It's a mess. And I'm gonna tell you, depending on how you've built, you may have to jack the whole house up and put a new foundation under it. You may have to go, man, I gotta get radical. I tell people sometimes, I say, look, you have to get radical. 
And they're like, well, I don't know if I'm ready. Well, at some point, some point it'll be tested. Why not start now? Let's not wait till it's so, because I will tell you this, sometimes, and some of you, this is tough, I'm talking about getting honest, some of you might need to just wipe the whole thing off. I'm not talking about your marriage or your kids or the relationships, but I'm talking about just your whole mentality. You might just go, I'm starting over with Jesus. That's the good thing about him. He'll give you a fresh start. He can make all things new. He can say, I'll create in you a whole new heart. I'll change you. I'll transform you. I'll enli- I mean, I'll change your mindset about stuff. And you may have to say, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready for a new foundation. This prayer request, I want me and my husband to fall in love again. The problem is you think love's a feeling. Love's a choice. Love's a choice. New foundation. Not, oh, giddy. It's cool when it's giddy. Come on, ladies, it's cool. Let's get a foundation that works. You know what works? I'm gonna love my wife like Christ loved the church. That's what works. That's a foundation you can build on. And in any area of your life, you start going, okay, wait a minute, I gotta get a new, I gotta get a new foundation up under here. And I will be honest with you, you'll get a little mad at first. Because you'll be like, why didn't anybody tell me this? I don't know. You, you can learn now. Maybe you weren't listening. I don't know. But Jesus says, if you're ready to learn how, I'm ready to teach you how. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna look at some of those places he prioritizes. Some of you are like, Pastor, what do you want me to do? But here, first is get a guide. They're outside the doors here. You can get one of those. You can walk through it. You can get ready for your small group. And so I'm gonna encourage you to get a guide. I'm gonna encourage you to get in a group. The Bible's meant to be learned in the context of relationships. You wanna read it for yourself, but as you read it, you're gonna run into Jesus and then you're gonna learn that this relationship with Jesus is played out in our horizontal relationships. So where you get to move from hearing it to doing it is in relationships. And so that's why it's learned better in the context of relationships. And so if you're saying, man, I'm ready to get a better foundation, then move from just hearing messages to getting in relationships with people so you can apply what you're hearing, okay? And so that's a step, that's, that's a, a powerful step. I wanna encourage you to get in a group and then join on the weekend as I share with you some of these principles and some of these thoughts together. I wanna talk to you if you're a person who says, I need, to, I need this relationship with Jesus. He accepts you right where you are and he'll change you into everything he's called you to be. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me If you say, Jeff, I'm not in the right place with Jesus. Jesus came and lived the life that we couldn't live. He died a death that we couldn't die or make the payment that we couldn't pay. He's a gift. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And Jesus Christ can come right into your life and change everything today if you're willing to say yes to him. Right where you are, you can just simply say, Jesus, here I am. Here I am with my broken mess. Here I am even with my successes. It's all empty without you. I give my heart and life to you today. You make it your prayer. These are my words, but you make it your prayer. I give my heart and life to you. Become my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Maybe come forward, tell someone. Come to Discovery 101 so we can help you walk it out. But second of all, I pray for all of us on this journey, Lord, including the one praying. Lord, show us where the cracks are. Help us to dig down deep. Help us to look at our foundation over the next few weeks. 
Lord, we don't wanna just be hearers, we wanna be disciples. We wanna be followers of you. We wanna be able to reproduce it in others and we wanna build in such a way that lasts. Help us over the next few weeks in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.